especially during COVID. Probably. Yeah, no, that was that was a big fuck uh, because. What's up, guys? Welcome back to an interesting discussion. Sometimes uh, this week we got a special guest. His name is Vern. Um, yeah, I'll let him introduce himself. Hey, so um, I, I work with this um, organization called Red Room, and basically um, we have a, a team of producers, engineers, um, and artists that we work with regularly, um, and we record for them. We edit their vocals. Um, we make instrumentals. Um, customize and do a couple other things and we shoot music videos as well so that's uh kind of what i'm here to talk about today because i truly believe in the stuff i do you know yeah that's hype so how long you know you had this business going on for now it's like a year and a half a year and a half but we've seen rapid growth with corona Mm -hmm. i don't know what it was <laughs> they had unemployment money i don't know what it was <laughs> i wanted to ask you like how you even get got started in this because i mean i mean i knew you in high school but i didn't know you were like into music like that or like where you, this sort of like passion of yours started so i mean like how did you how did you go about like making this okay so to be honest i was never into music as um from like perspective of making it i mean i would always listen who doesn't listen to music but um when i don't know there was there was a time in my life where like i felt like i was listening to so much music as a just a pastime that i was we me and my friends got together and we were just trying to like figure out how people make music Mm. and from there we started asking the questions you know like how would i make a beat how would you get someone's vocals to sound a certain way how would you record them in the right setting? And kind of through just like curiosity, we started doing it. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really became like my number one passion, which is, which is something like I uh, didn't really feel anything else about. So it, uh, it's kind of like really motivating me to do more every day. Y'all can't see it like on the on the episode, but Varun is actually in a, a red room right now. So he he truly lives the brand like day in and day out. He's wearing a red shirt too. Yeah, <laughs> I thought it was orange, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna say that like it's rare that you you can usually make a passion into a living, and so that I've seen that you've done it, and like I can see your grind, I can see your motivation, like that's pretty exciting i guess you could say like it's it's nice to see you know what i mean yeah yeah um thank you i do honestly i feel like in 2020 if you don't realize that whatever you actually do in your free time if you're not if you're not like a bozo you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. you could make anyone could make a living off doing you know what a photography or literally just making graphic designs for youtube i don't know like yeah. If, you know, if you find the right channels, like anybody, like even there's some little kids doing it, you know? Yeah. You ever heard that rapper like Matt XO? The kid's like 14 or whatever. Matt, uh, Matt Ox, right? Yeah. Hey, dude, the he's kids. balling out. He's balling out. Because he, he's actually like, he's good on the business end or at least he has a team. Yeah. I don't know. It, it, you can, Instagram is 
is crazy. <laughs> Instagram is crazy. TikTok is the new thing, I guess, now, which I haven't really tapped into. I feel like that'll be the next step. Like dancing, dancing videos. Yeah. Someone was telling me, you know, like when we make uh, beats, um, our producers, like one of my producers, his name is Embry. He's a guy who makes like hard trap beats. And he he always says like, if you can't do a like a whoa or a, you know, any TikTok dance to your song, then, or to your beat, then it, it sucks. <laughs> That's the new, I mean, it's a new criteria. Yeah, I, that. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know if it would suck, but I feel like in terms of like branding it, like it's so easy for songs to just pop off on TikTok. Like if they yeah. just like, if like one like 15 year old there like makes up some like dumbass dance to this song and then everyone, just everyone catches on and then it's just a, it's just a trend. Wow. Yeah. Huge trend. I didn't even think people would want to, there's everyone's dancing these days, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe not everybody should, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I get what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, and it's like the simplest songs too, or like yeah, some really really outlandish songs, you know. <laughs> like yo, who was that guy on? I don't know if his songs blew up on TikTok, but like it was during quarantine. He has like a really squeaky voice. You know what I'm talking? Oh, about? I know you're talking about. Oh, um, turn sing it. It was like fourteen hundred something. Like he's got a bunch of numbers in his name and shit. I know what yeah, you're talking man. about. He's got like yeah. a super squeaky voice. It's like mad sus, but it kind of goes hard too. Um, fuck, I gotta look it up. But that man, yeah, he was... the fact that that man's popped off means that man, you could do anything, bro. Yeah, <laughs> like you could really do anything. There's a market for anything out there. <laughs> it is so weird. There is a market for anything. You could not even, you know, one thing that's crazy to me is you could not even really have a product, have any inventory, but just have a just like a, a web page where you're getting traffic to mm -hmm. and you could just you could just make a million if you if you set it up the right way in time right yeah mm -hmm. people can just uh market ideas and just make money off that like market their advice or anything like that today it's a pretty abstract idea but i feel like more than ever just any any niche can be hit you just got to find a way to do it mm -hmm. I was actually watching this YouTube video recently and uh, it's basically something about this like online business, I guess you could say. And there's this guy who does like really comprehensive book reviews. And uh, that man's just has like thousands of book reviews on his blog. And I guess he just puts like straight just affiliate links to Amazon. So every time somebody buys a book through mm -hmm. that link, um, he gets some money and he's making like close to a million a year just off that. They're fucking crazy. And it's, it's called it's a blog bro we're in 2020 he's making a bag off a blog <laughs> <laughs> and he doesn't even he's never seen these books that he sells. you know he's just, yeah yeah exactly it's wild what the heck he just i mean see like that's what i'm saying it's whatever i feel like the best thing for people to do is like whatever you are truly passionate about like inherently that you mm -hmm. whatever your mind finds to do in your free time would be the if you can find a way to just you know just at least as a hobby do something with it there's so mm -hmm. much opportunity yeah totally so much yeah that at that point it's not work anymore yeah, yeah so you actually enjoy it. yourself speaking of that how's your job going on show 
This is great, man. I'm really passionate about coding for a bank. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I missed out on the what's on your wallet this this time. <laughs> oh yeah, I don't know. It, it it's not that exciting. It's just the same stuff every day, and never really ends. I'm sure Tarun has the same experience in his job. Yeah, I mean, every once in a while, you'll get something gets put across your desk to sort of say that's like interesting or more fun. But usually it's like really monotonous and like, oh, bro, like I, I can't I'm so tired of waking up for at 830 for like a scrum to say like what I did the day before. It's just so it's so like menial. I don't know. Hey, tomorrow, hey, tomorrow, my team's playing Pictionary in the morning. So I'm looking forward to wow. that. <laughs> it's like you're going to third grade all over again. Hey, you're actually good at Pictionary, though. Yeah, yeah I'll flex on them. All right, <laughs> Will they give you a bonus? Nah, but I, d- I did win $200 on Monday, though. Um, oh, yeah. Tell us more, you fucking beast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so for work, our department hosted an internal hackathon. And somehow our team won. So we ended up getting $200. What are you going to spend it on? You're Nothing. halfway to a PS5. <laughs> <laughs> nah. So what are you going to buy me? <laughs> I'll donate to our anchor funds. I'll take Bro, it. We can't have a twenty thousand percent increase like that. What the fuck? I was gonna ask you guys though. Um, would you would you guys work in a in a field that you guys don't totally believe in? And like, let's say, would you guys work for like multiple multiple years in a field that you don't totally like believe in the work? Maybe maybe you like coding, right? But maybe you don't like coding for certain thing, or maybe you don't like coding for a certain product. Like a, you don't like want to code for a bank. You want to make do AI or whatever it is. Would you would you guys do that for, a, for you know more than like five ten years? I don't think so. I think from coding, most of the satisfaction is when you're coding for a smaller company or a startup or something like that. I think that would be more interesting as opposed to. Coding for such a big company, you feel really insignificant. So I don't see myself doing that for more than five years, like you said. But do you like coding, like, period? Yeah, when it's coding on something that's interesting to me, then it's it's fun. But just, like, some platform for for an enterprise, it's just kind of boring. Yeah, I see. Fixing bugs all day or, like... Uh no, we're doing more development, so that's actually better. Some teams just work on main maintaining like the Capital One website or stuff stuff like that, and that's just really boring because you're just fixing bugs. But since we're actually developing and starting an application, it's more interest- it's better than other work. So it could be worse, is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Are you guys all coders? Oh no no no! Uh, <laughs> only only harsh internal. Yeah, so currently, I mean, I have my degree, but I'm still seeking work and I'm kind of struggling with like what you're talking about and like working a job that I don't like and a job that would just like pay me, you know? And so my degree was in like sports journalism and like television, like like that kind of stuff. And so part of the the thing for me is I have to work in a good environment where like I'm able to not just like trust the people that like I work for and I work with, but like being in a healthy environment, like, uh, career wise, something that they help me and, you know, it helps me progress. 
And so trying to find that balance is like is very tough because there's a lot of jobs that have been out there for a while, but there's a reason why nobody has like taken them because they're like shitty places to work and stuff like that. So that's what I'm struggling with at the moment. Yeah, it's probably a kind of a limited amount of jobs in sports journalism yeah. at entry level, right? Yeah. So entry level, I mean, it it goes for a lot of jobs like period but especially in like entertainment it's about who you know not like what you know so those kind of connections i mean i'm really grateful to like have made some of the connections i made especially at school at a really cool job there but you know those only you know the branches only go so far in into like the other organizations and stuff so being able to find those like minute connections is really tough sometimes so especially during covid probably even more yeah different. no that was that was a big fuck uh because <laughs> uh, i mean not only did my job not only did my job come to a, like close like very quickly but uh i mean like all the experience i was gonna get out of like the rest of my job was like gonna be really crucial because i was entering like a phase where i was gonna do a lot more like interactive stuff so that sucked but I mean, everybody there I'm on good terms with, so I know I could call them for like a reference or anything. So, yeah, it was not it was not great. So I worked in the athletics department at Virginia Tech. Um, I did all the filming for the ACC network and we had shows on ESPN. I worked a couple of games on ABC, mostly with basketball, um, soccer and other pretty much every sport except for football. Um, because football was more tight knit, but that was pretty much my job. So we did stuff online and on TV. Why did you get into sports journalism? Like I knew kind of the thing you're talking about, like passions and stuff. Like I knew I was really passionate about like sports and I was a pretty good writer, but I was also really good at math, but I could see like, even in high school, when I took math classes, I was like, what the fuck? Like, I'm good at it, but I really hate this shit. Like, I don't want to do this like as a living. <laughs> like, I was like, do I want to be an accountant? Fuck no. I don't want to go for like a business degree because like, it's going to give me good jobs. Yeah. But like, I probably fucking hate doing it all the time. So I'm not going to put myself in a situation. So I guess I made a sacrifice in that st stance. But uh, no, I mean, like, it's kind of like you're saying when you are doing something you like, like you're not working, you're just like having fun or whatever. So that's the way I would look at it. So it kind of sucks that right now there's not a lot of options, but hopefully when it does come up, like it's a lot easier, you know, to go to work like every day. So that's really cool. I actually wanted to get into sports journalism at one point for basketball. Yeah. There's a lot of, it's, it, it seems like a lot of fun. Would you were you more on the writing side or like the video? Well, my my job was all like the video production, um, and so like shooting the camera, doing all the production work, um, behind the scenes of what goes on to a TV show. So that's where I had a lot of my experience. But in my classes and everything, I did a lot of writing and a lot of like, I guess you could call it like a newsroom kind of thing. And so I was really fortunate to like learn under a lot of people that had hella experience in that field. So that was really influential and in like progressing me writing wise, but also like, I mean, entertainment sells and makes money. So like, that's kind of what people are 
into nowadays. So getting best of both worlds. Interesting. That was actually. Wow. What uh? What sport did you ideally wanted like? Um. Definitely basketball. Just because I grew up playing basketball. I mean, like. I don't know. Ever since like sixth grade, I mean, basketball has just been my number one sport. But you know, last few years beginning to soccer a lot. So I've been looking at jobs like outside of the country. Um, you know, stuff like that. I mean, I'm big into football as well. So I mean, I'm pretty open to most sports except for like I don't know hockey. Like I watch <laughs> hockey, but like bro, hockey ain't it. <laughs> um, plus it's cold all the time. Like. It's just so hard to keep track of the puck, man. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, dude, I can't imagine working camera for hockey. Dude, I would lose the puck just, <laughs> you know, doing that shit. Like, it would be impossible. But... Like, really punishing each other. Yeah. No, it's pretty brutal. Yeah. You never see any other sport where, like, they promote fighting on the... <laughs> on the pitch. Like, yeah, like, absolutely. It never, it never makes sense to me that, like, two players having beef and it's like, all right, let's... Let's pause the game and they'll just settle it out. Just and like everyone's down, just like yeah. pounding on the glass next to them. That's crazy. <laughs> it's almost psychotic. To be it really is almost psychotic. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people see like football, like in America, like that too, where you just see these two dudes like full steel, like helmets, like just fucking running into each other all yeah. all day long. So I, I can see it from like an outsider perspective, but you know. MMA is like. That's true. It's even more psychotic. <laughs> Yeah, you literally like, all right, you two are going to fight until one of you is like fucking unconscious. <laughs> yeah. Like sign away that if you die, like the other dude's not your son. When you yeah, see these dudes crazy. like get kicked in the skull, like with somebody's shin, like, nah, it's over. It's inside of their head. Nah, I'm, I'm out. <laughs> Tarun, how about you? Do you enjoy your coding job? I know you don't really, but like explain <laughs> in what world you would. Okay, I mean, like, right now I'm on two projects, so it's, like, it's nice to have two things to work on, so it's not every day is, like, the exact same. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one of them, like, the, basically all the, like, we're, we're developing this application, right? And um, I feel like usually for, for projects, like, you, you start, like, halfway through, or, like, especially if you're entry level, you don't start as soon as the, the project starts. But for me, that's what happened. And so... Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was kind of, it was nice, like, seeing, like, being on the team from start to finish, you know what I mean? Like, this project's going to end in, like, the next month or so. Um, and so, like, being there the whole time, I've, I had, like, we went through, like, all the ups and downs, you know what I mean? Um, and I don't think, I don't think I'd, I had that experience even in, like, an internship or anything like that. So, that's, like, that's the good part of it. The bad part of it is, like, bro, I honestly couldn't even care what the fuck this application does or who uses it. Like, <laughs> like yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just like, I really don't give a shit. Um, but I guess like, it is a good experience though. Um, it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't all bad. All right, Haran, you don't really count because you're in grad school. Right? Yeah, I'm a student. Uh, but... where, where, where's your like divide about like where you would work that you wouldn't like, you know? Yeah, so originally, um, I kind of wanted to go into oil and petroleum and like that, side of um of engineering but the more i did the more i thought about it as like time went on and like this this past summer i took a one-week course about um basically like environmental engineering and like the future of our of our ecosystem and that's just kind of scary and i feel like yeah we're fucked and i feel like if i was to apply myself to like oil and petroleum 
I would just be prolonging a thing that I think we can actually move on from and actually still survive like as a society. So I think I would like to be part of like alternative energy and like that, like research for that maybe. Um, I feel like that would be something I would be driven towards. Um, but besides that, maybe like propulsion and like aircraft design, I feel like recently I've been kind of getting more interested into that. So maybe I should take in aerospace as a undergrad looking back now, but, um, but yeah, I, I don't know yet. I think I'm still like not decided what I want to, uh, commit, commit myself to. So, okay. Well, it sounds like you're a big fucking nerd, but you're really smart. So <laughs> <laughs> it's warranted. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, I mean, it's the way you were talking about how you wanted to go in oil and that is perpetually damaging the earth. And now you're like, oh, maybe, maybe I shouldn't. I mean, know? like the money was there. And I think when I was like growing up, I was like, well, oh, yeah. I want to make money as an engineer. This looks like, like a good idea for me to do. But morally, when I started to think about it, it's not, it's not the move. How, yeah. how long do you think, uh, till like oil doesn't become like the primary source? <laughs> So I think like we could shift out of it within the next, I would say like, I think we have to phase out of it. We can't like immediately just shut it off, but I would say mm-hmm. like in the next like 60 to 80 years, I think like by then, I think oil, I think in 80 years, I think oil will be like a, like a tertiary like resource, I think. And I think we can like shift into more of the new alternative sources of energy. But I mean, that that's also... See, like, if that happens, I don't know what the fuck happens in the Middle East. Because, like, they're dependent on the oil economy. So, like, that could be that could be a problem. I don't know what they're going to do. So, I don't know, like, how, like, committed, like, all the global leaders will be to phasing out of oil. But, I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong. U.S. hasn't really tapped into most of the... Exactly, yeah. U.S. has a lot of uh, plants that they haven't even tapped into. Just because, like, they can just use everyone else's until they're they've used all of it then they can they can just keep their resources to themselves because you know oh, we're, we're such scumbags yeah <laughs> we're scumbags isn't there some sort of clock in Times square that's counting down to the world ending or something like based they on they allow that is that, is that actually true yeah i saw I some there was a debt like seven years or something yeah oh. yeah i don't know what it was for exactly yeah well we're fucked either way i mean like so yeah, I mean, reasons. like, at this point, I think, like, all the actions we're taking now are, like, definitely later than we should have been. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. But, so it's basically just, like, trying to, um, like, I guess, make up for what we didn't do for the last, like, 15, 20 years. But I don't know. I don't even know, like, how... Because it's, like, in... Ideally, like, we could all, like, move towards, like, cleaner energy resources. But the actual... That actually happening is, like, really hard to implement. And it's really dependent on our, like every like all the governments uh, around the world and them working together, which is not always the case. Yeah. Speaking so of this clock ahead. is for uh, it's a counting down till the effects of global warming become irreversible. Currently, yeah. And and what's it at? Seven years and <laughs> <Fuck>. counting. <laughs> Damn, bro. Uh, also, I found that that squeaky voice, squeaky voice rapper, his name What's is his six name? six four five AR. What the heck, <laughs> <laughs> bro? It's just. <laughs> take a little break to listen to six forty five AR. <laughs> we're gonna uh, we're gonna take a opportunity to take an ad break. All right, guys. Hope you all enjoyed uh, the the ear bleach. You know, try to clean yourselves out. So. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna run it back what? with uh, 
<laughs> hey man, if you actually listen to six forty five, man, that dude's man. Moving on. So <laughs> last week, actually no, Tarun, I thought we Ron Harsh and I at least were talking about the NBA draft earlier, and the guy that the Wizards uh, selected, Danny Avija, he he plays for Maccabi Tel Aviv in Israel, and I don't know where he's from. I think he's from a European country. I don't want to get Israel, it wrong, but Israel. Uh, yep. So, <laughs> uh, but that's not the like. I don't, I know you don't care about like the basketball part, but I wanted to tell you about how he learned English. This dude learned English by playing COD when he was growing up, and by watching Drake and Josh and iCarly. Bro, <laughs> what a legend! Everybody's amazing. like, we're gonna wait for him to say the N word like on air in the <laughs> game or some shit. You have the most toxic vocabulary. <laughs> You, th- you think he came out here and he just like to everybody he's like hug me brother hug me brother <laughs> <laughs> he actually speaks pretty well I, like i heard a couple of yeah no he, he does yeah no he seems like a really nice dude i just thought it was funny that like the first stories about him is yeah he learned uh english playing call of duty growing up <laughs> but i thought about it earlier he's like he was probably born i don't know how old he is but he's probably born like 2003 or 2002 i think he's 19 so yeah maybe about, yeah like 2001 2002 how big is what his contract fuck? They'll probably be four he, years. He, but, he's got the rookie contract. You don't get a, like a big yeah. contract until like a couple yeah. years into the NBA. But he'll make millions. We'll say that. Yeah, I think... I mean, it looks like he'll be a, a decent player. Fuck. At <laughs> <laughs> 19, bro? That's hype. Anyway, that was... I wanted to include Tarun in the, the fucking COD sniper of Egypt, whatever the fuck. <laughs> that was the coolest thing I saw this week. But, uh... Harsha... I know you do lots of sightseeing. Oh, do I? Um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Insane segue. <laughs> yeah, I didn't really see much interesting last week, you know, besides the NBA draft that I saw yesterday. Nice. Wait, actually, I have something to bring up. Um, Go ahead. Did you guys see? Did you guys see Twitter stories? Oh, yeah. What the hell oh, is oh, that? Oh, yeah, what I did that? see that. It's called Fleets. Oh. Fleets? So it's, yeah, called it's called fleets. fleets. It's disgusting. It's fleeting stupid. <laughs> well, what's the point? Why is everyone trying to do this? I don't know, man. I actually really don't You're know. asking the wrong people. Money? But, like, how do you even make money off of that? Like, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess you're keeping them on the app for longer. But, like, well, like why? I feel like Twitter is, like... I mean, Twitter, I just go to see something funny, and then I get off the app. Like, I don't give a shit what people are doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Which Snapchat, the first one to start with the stories thing, and then everyone just hopped on. Like, yeah. 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 Oh, they're also... They're getting rid of memories on Snapchat, I heard. Wait, what? Why? That's, Fuck like, their best know, feature. Isn't Snapchat basically just dead now, I feel like? No, no, no. A lot of young people yeah. use it. We're too old. Yeah. I mean, we we were there when, when it popped off, I feel like. But I yeah, feel but, like, oh, yeah. in general, everyone just shifted towards Instagram. Nah, people still be using it. Hello. I feel like Snapchat's going to come out with their own version of Instagram Reels or TikTok and just try to copy everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> After everyone copied Wait, on them. Twitter so fleets, are they posting pictures or are they just posting tweets? How no, you can post work? like, it's it's just like posting pictures and stories. Like, yeah. Uh, or like a video, whatever you want, really. I, I, I saw something that was uh, like uh, people going to post on Twitter fleets hey, like my recent tweet. <laughs> Just put a picture of it they do for Instagram. Dude, I hate motherfuckers that do that, dude. Yeah. Like, 
people that like it, it's a lot of the ig thoughts like honestly that like post a post a picture and then they put like new posts like that covers the entire picture except for their like username and it's like oh go like and comment on my recent post it's like bitch shut the fuck up like you have to yeah, I gotta say, I feel like that's you probably have to. If I mean, you're trying to be a model. If you're a business, like I get it. But if you're just promoting your like happening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but some people, some people are just trying to be models, you know. I mean, I respect the grind, but like, leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> what What social media platform do you think helps promote your studio the most? A lot of a, a lot of our stuff is word of mouth. Because mm-hmm. like, we don't do a lot of social media marketing. Like, really, we're just trying to stay consistent in what we do and like, hope it works. Because, like, I'm not into, like, there's a lot of things that you need to do that are just too much. Yeah. Just to do for social media marketing. But anyway, um, I think it's Instagram. And I think what we're doing, we're in the, the works of making this website that, like, is more interactive. And we're trying to have like you know a bunch of things that people can people we can kind of push that link for that website and have people come there to buy beats it would be like a studio but in website form mm-hmm. with their um tracks and then we can mix and master them and like be able to select and interact with these beats and see like who made it and whatnot so yeah you're like that really setting up a website because i mean Instagram is probably the best thing for us, but like, um, we're more focused on now, like converting to something. So then, you know, it's converting to another page that can, Mm -hmm. you can check out on and pay for something. Well, I guess you can do that on Instagram these days, but you couldn't do it for studio time. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We, we kind of go through the same thing. Cause like being like an audio based, like media, like it's tough to promote on a on a platform where it's all like visually, you know, interactive. And so like with our we did a rebrand like I don't know, like two months ago or whatever. And so like that was a big part of it where like we just try to make things more visually appealing and you know, try to get like more interaction that way. But at the end of the day, it's kind of the same thing. Like you have to get audio out there like to get people interested in your product, you know, mm-hmm. so it's a lot tougher on a platform where it's just all pictures and videos you know exactly like it's like these part like i feel like whatever it is whatever product service that you're pushing it has to sell itself for it yeah. to really pop off it has mm-hmm. to sell itself like you can't you know what i'm saying especially now that it's saturated in every way in every industry that could you could market through instagram like podcasts studios producers this that and the other you know yeah, bro. It's like yeah. it's it's hard, it's hard doing marketing because you have to, you have to make people care. But how do you make people care, when, like, if this is like a long form like audio content, right? Like, it's different with music, I'd say. But for podcasts, um, how do you make them go listen to a whole hour just off a post on, yeah. on Instagram, right? And then, even if you make it there, if they make it to our Spotify or Apple Podcasts or whatever, it's like we have to be producing good content. So if they, if they have a good experience with like the, like within like the first minute, then, then they might stick around for another episode or another episode after that. And they might give us a follow, but, um, they're so low. It's exactly. Yeah. yeah. You have to hope for a very low percentage as well. Yeah. 
And that, I mean, that's why, that's why TikTok is like such an amazing platform. Like if you're trying right. to pop off, like there's no, there's no barrier to entry. It's like, like if you're on YouTube, right. And you, you like search for a video and you see a video by like a guy with like a million subscribers and a guy with like 10 K, um, you're going to click on the one with a million subscribers and the one with more views. Right. But like with, with TikTok, it just shows you what you think, what it thinks you want to see. Right. Yeah. And so the algorithm um, is just like, yeah. And, and it's so, it's so short. It's so short that it's so easy to just like stick, hang on for a second and like hear, hear that person out, I guess. Um, they did as long as video on there is 60 seconds. Like yeah. that is the longest thing you will see on there. Yeah, if anything, e- over even like for those, seconds. I skip, I skip them. Sometimes. Yeah, if, if there's anything longer than 20 seconds, you just go to the comments and be like, why the shit is so long, bro? <laughs> we just get so heated in the comments. Like everyone's attention span is only like 10 seconds and they're out. Dude, has people's, uh, I don't know, I, I don't know, like has people's retention like span or attention span gone down over time? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Like, especially with social media, like everybody's just been so focused on getting everything so quickly um that everybody's so impatient and which is why it kind of shocks me that like movies still do really well um because unless you're like previously invested like sitting there for like an hour and a half two hours i'm surprised that people still do that when the attention spans are so low like i think i learned in one of my classes that the average attention span is like between seven and 14 seconds and so that's such a short amount of time to like what Truman was saying earlier, like get somebody's interest and retain it. So it just like it's so hard to be able to get something that keeps people coming back when you only have like that. It's like a first impression, you know, you only have that one shot. Honestly, if movies were if like people that made movies, like the way they made money was based on how attentive people are to like to the movie while they're watching it. Yeah, that's true. It's like because like at the theater like you, it's like a whole experience like you go there like you don't want to distract yeah. anyone else you don't want to distract like people next to you or like yourself really but they say like turn your phones off and everything so everyone's like focusing mm-hmm. on the screen but especially like right now during like covid and like where they're releasing movies all like on demand i bet you mm-hmm. have the movies people buy like they watch but they also, like, yeah. they're on their phone like half the time mm-hmm. until yeah. like, something intense happens and they look up so yeah i think that's like, i feel like i think it's just like the the atmosphere of a theater is like why movies still succeed but as soon That's as like true. movies become like off like you there won't be any movie theaters maybe in the future then i feel like movie industry might actually fail from that that will that bring the rise to the to like more short films yeah that's true mm-hmm. that's true yeah like a condensed version yeah that makes sense i think that's already happened with youtube i mean i wouldn't say it's like films like i don't know if that's the same yeah. realm but like like vlogs and stuff like I mean, mm-hmm. vlogs didn't exist, what, like 10 years ago? Um, yeah. Like, people just watch TV shows or movies, and that's it. Yeah. So. That's true. It's kind of like what Quibi tried to do with short <laughs> shows, but then they <laughs> failed. Man. They got, Quibi. Some, they got some A-list actors, though, to be fair. Or not A-list, but, yeah, like, well, like, pretty famous celebrities. Failed. Yeah. Bro, that's they... True. I think they invested, like, a billion into that. Act. Easily, It was, it was yeah. multi-billion. It was multi-billion. Yeah, it was, like unreal dude for no reason to yeah so i was uh gonna ask um what do you think is the next step for red room like what do you see in its future either near future or long term essentially what we're trying to do is we're really trying to hone in on the production and the mixing and mastering because both of those things are things that we can do um remotely 
mm-hmm. you can create a channel and have people like have a whole database of beats um, of different kinds of genres um, and have people access that, purchase that and purchase leases like continuously and then purchase mixing and mastering, which is what a lot of people want. Cause those are the two things that a lot of people want who are artists or recording artists that they don't, they have like a lot of people, it's like way over their head to be able to do that and rap or sing well and write well or whatever. Mm. I feel like the next move is to for us to create that kind of channel consistently um, for beats and for mixing. Because, um, you know, I work with Karit. He's doing a lot of mixing. There's only so much uh, mixing that he can do, uh, like, in person. But if you have like, a bunch of work coming to us and we have like you know we have a lot more people to like bring it to and and get different ears on it it can be all like a kind of like an assembly line really because that's mm-hmm. what we do with our beats these days so we're just working on being more efficient and and just kind of creating that channel like I said. yeah yeah i agree like as somebody who's gone through all four phases of that individually people don't understand like to hear a three-minute song like so many hours of work go into each part of that process making the beat i mean sometimes it just comes to you and it's really easy sometimes it takes days you know lyrics again hit or miss but like mixing and mastering are like they're like a form of science and so it's really tough to be able to get that like first try and you know sometimes it'll sound different when you hear it the first time you put it down you come back you'll hear something different and so those take so much time you know different speakers because like there's this yeah. from, you know, like you have these nice speakers in the studio. Do they sound the same as what the average person would listen to music on? Right. Mm-hmm. They not have the same frequency range, like, you know, um, and even like you were saying, mixing and mastering is a science. Production is a science and, and mixing and mastering is even more complex. Like, you know, it's even more complex production, essentially. Edit the sound to, you're trying to produce this sound perfect way you you want to hear it mm-hmm. i i don't even do mixing and mastering of vocals at all really only on recording mm-hmm. um does all of it and he like he can just hear things that like i wouldn't hear mm-hmm. right you know what i'm saying it's I, i've learned over time to like you start to listen to music so much differently i you know but it's it kind of sucks because you can't really listen to music anymore yeah blissful manner without like dissecting it <laughs> but now you can really hear certain things like a lot of people are oblivious to right. yeah yeah i think about that in the same way that i like edit photos so you're talking about like how you have to produce it in a way that sounds good for the way that most people consume it and there's been so many times that i'll like edit photos on my monitor and i have to send it to my iphone and make sure it looks good on an iphone screen and then I'll send it back and then make adjustments and then put it back on my iPhone and that type of stuff. Um, and I think it's, it's, it sucks that we kind of have to do that, but um, it makes all the difference usually. I agree with you. Like I actually can't watch sport, most sports games the same way anymore, just because like 
I'll watch something and I'll be like, oh, like this camera guy's like working really shitty. Like he's missing this part over here. Or I've noticed in NFL this season, like so much of the plays zoomed in so much more, which makes no fucking sense because you can't see all like 11 players on either side anymore. It's just so dumb. Like you're not able to watch the whole play. I hate how like every year they always like, like no matter if it's NFL or like NBA, they always try to introduce this new camera angle. I'm totally that, fine if they add something, but if they change it away from what was already there, that's what pisses me off. Yeah. Like the, the side scrolling thing in the bubble, that was really cool, I thought, because it didn't t- take away from other stuff. But like if they did that as like the main game camera, I would probably kill somebody. What do you guys think about like, you know, the March Madness in like the final four, they always have like the camera that like tracks the balls and moves. Like, you know what I mean? Like the, the one that you can like yeah. see the, like, the benches on the side too. Like why they move the ball. I'm good with that. I kind of like that one. I like that one, but I feel like they don't, they never really implemented it in the NBA. Yeah, I like I, the I, right behind the hoop, um, but it's like to the side. It's kind of like you know you're seeing it from the corner. Yeah, yeah, that's my favorite camera to shoot, honestly, because you're like right there with the action. Um, although I will say it does get dangerous sometimes. <laughs> um, I think I showed them one time. I was working a game, and this dude like straight up just like barreled right into me like obviously he was coming on fast break and this dude i don't remember he was working for he's some duty uh d2 small ass school i don't fucking know some duty yeah bro it's been a long day uh but this fucker knee to knee like i'm surprised the dude didn't get hurt honestly but i was sitting down so i guess that was part of it but yeah it's you know pay the pay the cameraman more that's all (laughs) ron did you have a question I basically asked the question I was going to ask. Okay. It would fit pretty well. Tarun, you're, you're up. Yeah, I was just curious how you organize your day. So, I mean, like, at, at least for me, my work is, or sorry, my, my day is kind of revolved around work, right? And then as soon as work is done, I'll, like, get a snack or something. And then at that point, I'm already, like, itching to what I want to do in my free time, my personal time. Um, But, like, with you, right, if you're running your own business, you kind of have to keep yourself accountable and make sure that you get done every day what you need to. So how do you, how do you go about doing that? So I wake up and I first like do everything that I got to do to, to make myself have good mental health. That mm-hmm. amount, that's like the most important thing, especially being a artist. I feel like you want to be in a really good headspace. Yeah. And, you know, you want to be in a good vibration, whatever. Right. So mm-hmm. you, like I, I do all that. I go to the gym. I use the gym as a way to motivate myself to, to, to like be more efficient and do things faster when mm. I'm, it's, it's like this weird, I don't know. I feel like if you, there's something in your head, if you like really think deeply while you're at the gym and you're pushing weight and like you have to, you know, it's like survival instinct, you start to mm. like push your threshold. So I just, Use that first. It kind of gets me in the mood, motivated. Go home, make a beat, maybe make three, four, do what I got to do administrative-wise. Um, and then studio time starts. And it's usually late, probably around like five, six, it'll start and go till sometimes three, four in the morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so in the midst of things though, like work doesn't feel like work at all, really. Right. You know, it's a more, it's a social kind of environment um, where things are just, you know, sometimes a guitarist is coming in and sometimes, uh, you know, someone's coming in to just do work and, and, and sit around and like give me advice on what I'm doing too. 
you know i always mm-hmm. need years of like anybody um so it just it's a it feels really casual once studio time starts because like right. artists will come in and 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 they they just want to feel at home essentially mm-hmm. like it can't mm-hmm. even a it's not a like a really strict kind of thing at all you know they're like oh let me some people are killing whole bottles of henny within like two hours two hours christian klein hey. <laughs> i'm just saying oh okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he lo- he's he the affinity for henny yeah oh wow shout out jr choice <laughs> but yeah it's it's and then when it gets late night, you know, we're just all working on our laptops and editing stuff to perfection. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of, it's, it's really fun, honestly. It's like everything, like I'm just like imagining these sounds all day and mm-hmm. I'm just waiting to be able to get on the laptop after I work, wake up, work out, and, you know, eat and whatnot mm-hmm. and just like get them out and like create something. Cause now like, I've, there's so many ways that you can just create any sound that you would hear uh, or you want to imitate and it's all at your fingertips like mm-hmm. really these days with programs like logic so that's really my day I honestly what time do you wake up it varies because mm-hmm. if the session bef- the night before was like till 3 or 4 a.m then it'll be like 11 12 we're like yeah <laughs> but if um if it's like till like 12 one i try to wake i, I like to wake up before nine i do mm-hmm. that keeps you productive i feel like having that even if you're not on a like a nine to five kind of thing mm-hmm. like waking up during those hours and doing what you got to do is like a human thing regardless yeah. you know i was like yeah it feels like you should be doing that no one wants to just like it's kind of weird i was i was like getting used to it like working more in the evenings but it's it doesn't feel right because you mm-hmm. want to go out and you know you learn to live that way. Speaking of a healthy, healthy body, healthy mind, all that, we have uh, we have some motivational goals that we had to work Wait, on. Fuck, can I ask one more question? Sorry, gonna... fuck, you're such a whore. God <laughs> I just came damn. Up with you. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I was just I was just wondering. So I don't know much about the music scene in Nova, but like, is there is there comp- competition? Like, is there other studios that you're like competitive with, or is it? Are you guys just trying to focus on what you guys are doing? Other studios that we're competitive with, in fact, we're doing everything we can to to like outdo them. Um, mm-hmm. But but that's the fun of it. I feel like even hip hop is like a it's like a sport in itself. It's a grind. It's a hustle. Like the per, like how many beats can you like at a certain point? Anyone could make a song, record a good song, write a good song look cool i mean the the scene around here has a lot of growing to do but like Mm -hmm. at at a certain point it's just about how consistently can you do these things so and and how are you what you know how are you hustling them like how are you going putting this flyer there this flyer there distributing cds here you know making merch and and it's like you got to do so much to get because like if you think about your artists that you like they're always in your face, essentially, like giving you, trying to give you new music, uh, you know, merch, uh, tickets to their concert and whatever it is like, oh, they're in your city. I don't know, like something like that. Like there's a lot of interaction that you have to do because people, you have to create those fans. And 
and um yeah it, it's it's hard i feel like for the average artist to like succeed even if they're good against other like there's a lot of competition yeah. for artists like producers and engineers like they're like the, a lot of people i feel like you can you can get business anywhere like producers mm -hmm. and engineers are making more money than artists these days because there's everybody wants to be an artist um yeah that's true nobody wants to do like the other work like behind this you know exactly but the one thing about being an artist is like you have to be a like a really big entertainer at the certain time at the same time to to, mm -hmm. to even be successful like you have to be a personality like you can't if you think of any artist that's like popping like they they have a really strong personality you know mm -hmm. yeah wait actually a question so like how does like when a producer makes a song for an artist right how does the money split work? Is it usually 50-50 or is it, I don't know. Ooh, you're entering a, a scary conversation, my guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just curious. Yeah, I never know, right? So, Well, unless these are like really independent artists who like, like if it's a bigger artist, usually it'll be like, like someone who's signed. And there's a lot of people who are signed, even if they're not platinum recording artists or gold. gold. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of management groups for small artists to make a little money and whatnot. But um, if it's a signed artist, then often, depending on their deal, at least like 60% of the money is gone mm -hmm. to the person who's funding, you know, their studio time. and this. Right. Then there's 40% left, you know, there's different words for what they call it based on different deals. And like, it's really like, you're lucky to get 5% as a producer. As an engineer, you're lucky to get 5%. You know, sometimes mm -hmm. you're trying to get one or two, they call them points, you know, royalty points. Right. You collect 1%, 2% over time. And because you can do a mass amount of work that can pop because you're offering as a service, like, let's say, you know, you have 1% of a lot of songs over time. Mm -hmm. Stack it. Yeah, like, Tarun, if you remember what Tarif was talking about, like, a few weeks ago about how all those labels, like, for sign artists, they give those advances and everything. Yeah. Um, Like, part of the artist's job not only is to recoup the advances, but mm -hmm. actually I saw Logic talk about this, like, a while ago. As much as I really hate listening to Logic make music, but, like, he's very open about, like, the business side of everything, like, honest about it, because now that he's, quote-unquote, retired, like, he's trying to pay all the people that helped him because sometimes it's out of the artist's hands to like get that money out there and so it's up to the the label to help and he was saying because he's getting phone calls from people like engineers producers like musicians that like helped record for him like they have still not seen their money but like he's not the one physically giving out the money you know so mm -hmm. like sometimes it's out of his control and like these agreements like there are contracts but like you know there's not a lot of evidence of them and so it's really tough you know yeah and so that's why it kind of sucks being a producer sometimes because you're not always like if you don't get that front money like you don't know if you're gonna be able to see that money sometimes mm -hmm. so that's why leases are like a good like beat leases are like a good way to like ensure that you're gonna get some form of money already set the rights to whatever but before you even sell the lease you know and yeah it's dude a lot of artists are really getting i mean i'm sure tarif told you 
a lot of artists are really getting like did dirty by like all of their management. Like mm-hmm. yeah. not a lot of money in it for like the product that you create and the money that comes off yeah. yourself, like the merch and the uh, streaming money. And like, you have to have, you have to have a good deal where like your touring money yeah. is, is getting distributed to you as opposed to through your label and they're taking 60, 80, you know? And yeah. You're a lot of these artists and don't have a lot of money. That's why you see, when these artists, you know how like they only have five to ten years, maybe if they're really lucky, whether they're popping. You see a lot of these guys getting on the business end of it at the end of their careers, or you know after they're out of their prime, because that's where the money's at. They've mm-hmm. been and they have the connections. You know they they stay getting fucked over in their rookie years, and then they continue the legacy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So every producer has a goal of making money. So does the artist. Like them, we also have goals. <laughs> Tarun, what was your goal last week? Did you accomplish it? <clears throat> my goal last week was to get uh, halfway through uh, my book, Shoe Dog. That's not my book. I mean, the book I'm reading. <laughs> um, I think I'm at like, okay, there's like 400 something pages um and i was trying to get to like 200 i think i'm at like 120 um that's, so I'm that's good there. though <laughs> i'm getting there and we'll continue the the goal for next week to be halfway through next week <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah what's the book about it's about um which we call it uh the the creator of nike's like it's a oh, right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's called shoe dog sus um <laughs> Before we continue the goals, Harsha, you want to give us a quick question I've heard from your book that you're reading? Oh, yeah. So two or three weeks ago, I attended a talk with some senior vice presidents at Capital One. And they're basically like one level below the CEO. So they're pretty high up in the company. And Mm -hmm. they're just talking about, I guess, life advice, like what they learned throughout their career. And one of them, and then at one point they recommended books. So one of them recommended this book called Principles. So I decided to read it this past couple of weeks. Um, it's by this guy named Ray Dalio, who made a hedge fund. One of the leading hedge funds is called Bridgewater, uh, like 40 years ago. So he's worth like two or three billion dollars now. So I was like, hey, I might as well read his book. You know, maybe I'll learn something. <laughs> so in that, he talks about his principles and how he defined them at a young age. And he only hires people who he thinks share that same principle just to develop the culture in the company. So, you know, just reading a lot about that. And it talks a lot about, I guess what we're doing now, like setting goals for yourself and then Mm. in your life, identifying problems and solving those problems as opposed to just pushing them off or trying to hide from them. And, Mm -hmm. In decision making, he talks about, for example, if one of your goals is to go to the gym, the first thing you think of is, oh, that's really tiring. Like, I don't really want to go. That's your barrier to going to the gym. But when Mm -hmm. you're evaluating that type of decision, if you think about the second and third order consequences, which is I want to be healthy and I want to be get big or whatever, feel fit, Mm -hmm. then you're more likely to go to the gym as opposed to just thinking about the one thing stopping you. So, uh, Yeah. So I guess the question I had for you guys is if you could pick 
one or maybe two principles that you think you live by or that you strive to live by? Like, what do you think those are? I mean, Damn, for me, like a... it kind of goes back. It kind of goes back to like what we were talking about before is like doing something you enjoy doing, you know, instead of doing it like for the money, you know, like I'd rather like I'd rather be in the situation I am right now where I'm looking for a job that I fit into and in like a climate that I enjoy rather than working some shitty desk office job you know just for the money you know so like i and i think being creative like really helps that so i guess that's probably like the main thing is just like enjoying what i'm doing throughout my day whatever it may be you know when i was reading this i thought of i think we've had this conversation before but i'd say one of the big things i live by is try not to like nothing in your life is worth getting super stressed out uh, about mm-hmm. like if you just keep everything in front of you and figure out what needs to be done to get through whatever you're going through you will feel so much better and still be able to go to sleep at night and not have to worry about that so just trying to stay positive and just knowing that whatever you did that day like you did the best you could and just move on from there just try to limit stress I think I think one of mine that was more applicable when I was like actually going around and like walking around and like seeing people um, would be like just like just one random act of kindness like every day to like a stranger and like either it's just like holding the door for someone that's like you see is like struggling with like stuff or like offering to like carry stuff for people. I think for like me at least like just knowing that I did something like a little bit to help someone else's day like kind of help like kind of makes me feel better about myself so that's like something i always try to live by yeah actually i think next tuesday the tuesday after uh we're supposed to get be getting gift cards from capital one in the mail for 25 dollars. yeah and we're supposed to use that to like donate yeah. to a charity that we want or help someone in need yeah, so i think that's pretty cool that's that they're letting us do that what a nice bank yeah what's in your wallet <laughs> There we go. <laughs> the biggest thing for me is I've learned to like be genuine and not try too hard to do anything. Mm-hmm. Like not like not think about how you want your life to go, but just rather just live your life. You know, like there's just like always these constructs where it's like, oh, I need to you know, I want to be the person who wakes up at this time and does this, mm-hmm. this kind mm-hmm. of has this in his life and whatever. But if you, you know, like there's, I don't know, it, it, there's no reason to really like consciously think about it if you already are doing what you're supposed to do. You know, yeah. and like I don't know. So that's just like a huge thing for me because I, I used to overthink things, and now like I'm, I'm kind of in that mindset that if I, you just kind of let it, let your thoughts, your actions just flow the way that mm. you are, you know, you already know what's right from wrong, but, and, and stay conscious of the fact that what, at least for me, I always think I'm like, you know, what, what you do wrong isn't a bad thing. It's, it's definitely the biggest lesson. Mm. It's yeah. always the biggest lesson. Cause there's no, you know, you have second chances until you die. Like, Mm, yeah, yeah that's, that's true. true i like that one that's why i wake up at 12 on the weekends <laughs> i don't force it oh <laughs> uh, yeah i guess it's just me left but um i think i think i've been lucky in the fact that 
<clears throat> I've always been like surrounded by good people with um, good intentions. Um, and I think that's a big part of me because I, I think, or a big part of how I operate is um, because when I see my friends succeeding, it kind of motivates me to do better. Um, and also I, I feel like people are like the greatest resource. I mean, I've been finding it out at work where like just asking one question to a person uh, about a subject or something that I didn't know, like they, they give me 10 times more, um, I guess, return um, than if I, if I was to do like a Google search or something like that. Um, yeah. And so I think it's like really important to, you know, surround yourself with with good people. Um, and especially if you're if you're going through a tough time, um, I think the people that you surround your surround yourself with are the ones that can bring you up, lift you up. Um, and take you out of that that headspace or whatever kind of rut that you're in. Um, so yeah, I feel like we all gave pretty decent answers. Yes, yeah, very <laughs> unusual for. <laughs> yeah, we're usually pretty shit at answering those kinds of questions. Um, Thanks for the question, but, Asha. That was a good one. Yeah. Mm. Thanks, Ray. <laughs> <laughs> uh but continuing with the goals i'll go next um to be honest i kind of forgot about my goals within the last week but i had i reminded myself where I, I luckily we record these kinds of things so i checked it out one of them was to be more social which i tried uh last week i tried to get us all to play among us but nobody was having it so i mean it's it's two-way street so like i can't just force it so that didn't happen but uh i mean i, I, I talked to people I mean, a little bit, not not a lot. I mean, so I guess it's a success in a way. But uh, I think we're all gonna get together tomorrow or something. Hopefully, I don't know. But uh, the other one was like this job search thing, and like again, I can't really speak on it like in depth. But I made some progress with this specific application for this one place, so that's looking good. So I would say I would give myself like a solid seventy-five percent passing completion rate. <laughs> yeah, hey, bro, C's get degrees. <laughs> Ron, what you? What were your goals? Oh, yeah, you had a test today, didn't you, buddy? Yeah, so I essentially finished my first quarter uh, as a Stanford graduate student today. Hey, was, let's wow. go. Hey, you fucking, fucking whore. Um, yeah, I think the exam went okay. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, it's all right. I think look, this is the same teacher that was at the beginning of the quarter said, like, don't worry about grades. Like, you're already at Stanford. Like, you guys will all be fine. Um, that is true, I but guess, then, to an extent. But also, he's like they've been grading pretty hard. So, <laughs> <laughs> is like that why he's saying don't worry? Yeah, it's like <laughs> mixed messages out here. But yeah, yeah, it's, it's it feels good to be finishing my first quarter. But now it's just like a long break. So that's true. Yeah. In terms of oh, so I guess my goal for the last week was to um to make sure that I finished my exam, which I did. Um, mm-hmm. but the other goal was also to start playing the piano, which I did do. Actually, I played for like an hour on the weekend. I didn't play the song that I said I was going to because that's okay. I was too lazy to print it out, but it felt good to get back oh. into it. And now mm-hmm. that I have like the next month and a half to basically yeah do whatever I want, um, I think I can actually put more time into it and hopefully like learn more songs so that now when I go to people's houses and like I play like I play the piano, I just don't play for at least every time because that's getting kind of boring. <laughs> um. But yeah, I think that's like, I guess my, my main goal for the next week is to like set aside like some time each day or maybe like every other day to play and like find songs that I want to like start to learn. And um, I also want to start reading now. So I'm 
my goal is to get a book ordered by the end of this weekend and then i can just, I guess, start cracking on that next week you should start playing piano for red room bro yeah actually <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I had, I don't know if I have that talent, but I was gonna ask you guys like, what was the second thing that you had said? You were you said the uh, the book, yeah. How how often do you guys uh, read? So that's actually the thing that we were like we've been discussing on the podcast in the last couple of weeks because at least for like me, I hadn't really touched the book and or I still haven't touched the book in a while now. But it's yeah. something that like we all are trying to make an active effort to like get back into because I think like everyone like in their life had like a phase where they read like so many books like every month because like that's just something that they like to do. Um, but yeah, I think that's like something that we're trying to get back into. But yeah, I'll yeah, let Turin talk. Just, Turin, Turin reads more books. Yeah, Turin's the one who's done the most reading so far, like collectively recently. Like I, yeah. I know I share the same boat. Like I fucking, I haven't read probably since, honestly, I probably read freshman year of high school and then bullshit my way through everything else. So I really <laughs> haven't read in a long time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but yeah, I mean, I've read I've read two books this month, and then I'm like a third of the way through my book right now. Um, but before that, I don't think I've read a book since like early high school, and all the books that I was supposed to read in high school are probably like Spark Notes or whatever bullshit. Um, and the reason is just because like because of school is so like almost like ingrained that like reading is almost like an assignment, you know, and I have to like take yeah. notes and pay attention to it. And like, especially having to read books that I just did not give a shit about, like, um, like the Scarlet Letter, bro. Like, fuck that, fuck that book, bro. Um, <laughs> I just hated that shit. But like now, like, there's so much like there's so much knowledge out there for people to consume, and it's like I have so much more time now because I don't have to commute to Tyson's every morning and whatever else. Um, so I figured I'd just start reading, and now it doesn't feel like an assignment, and I can actually you know pick out the books that I want to read, and you know go ham pretty much <laughs> it feels a lot better and it feels it feels really like i have a really good sense of accomplishment when i finish a book when you finish that last page um so that's a big part of it too i feel like a big part of it is also like coming we were talking about before but like the attention span like i feel like a lot of us our attention span was like holy shit look at all these fucking words on this piece of paper like i don't want to <laughs> have to deal with all that but like once you get old like i'm sure in high school we probably felt that way but like now that we're like a bit older and I, hopefully more mature in some cases maybe not okay i'm sorry but like you're not you're more inclined to do something of your own free will like what yeah. you were saying and like you're like okay like this is gonna help me so well actually yeah. another part of that is too like my life revolves around a screen like I yeah. work on a screen. I my phone is a screen. Everything is a goddamn screen. So I, I wanted to consume something that wasn't, you know, like light flashing at me. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Just for health purposes, I guess. I also feel like for me, I, I think the enjoyment I got out of reading went down in high school because I think uh, my high school at least we I, I went to high school where they prioritized math and science over like any like literature or, like any like um literary arts courses so i think like mentally when i got to tj i was like okay like i don't i don't have to give a shit about english to do well here so like therefore i'm like not gonna like read the books that they assign like all like all like skim through it like i want to actually like participate in like english class and stuff i might, might as well just focus my time and efforts into like math and science and i feel like that probably hindered um me in the long run so i feel like now i'm trying to make up for that and try to get back into it like Tarun said, though, books in high school are just so trash. They were so boring. Mm-hmm. 
if they just they like so many period pieces that like no one really cared yeah. about. Classics, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can't understand it. I mean, like the stuff written in like Shakespeare language, yeah, like some of that is like really tough to like consume. But like, I feel like Homer. Some of the books I read in high school were like, I don't know, maybe it's because I had cool English teachers that chose interesting books. But I felt like some of the books I read were like, I mean, they were a pain in the ass to get through, but like they had cool like concepts, I guess. The one book I liked from high school was uh, October Sky. I don't know if any of you have read that. This is a good movie. It's- Yes, yeah, based on yeah, I mean the movie is based on the book, not the other way. Around. <laughs> it's based on the movie. I think it was like Jake Gyllenhaal movie. Yeah. Um, it's during the Cold War, uh, and they these kids decided to make a rocket, and I don't remember the rest, but it was good. How about you, Bruno? What's your what's your take on books? Dude, I think <laughs> books are like are like really good to to read. I don't think I have enough time to read enough books that I want to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, and I'm a really slow reader, so it's going to take me a while <laughs> to really get through the books that I want. Yeah, yeah. But I'm always looking at all these books. I'm like, oh, man, but should I start three books at once? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It's tough. It's tough. I feel like with a lot of stuff, like once you're out of it, it's hard to get back into it. So that's why we're trying to like get ourselves slowly back into it so that we're more it's more natural you know we don't have to force mm-hmm. ourselves to do it as much not try too hard <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Be genuine. exactly yeah i guess it's not completely the same but if you want to you know value your time you know or what i'm trying to say is like you could you could listen to audiobooks on like two times speed oh yeah you to value. i mean that's not necessarily reading but like it, it'll work <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just another way to get the content into your head. Yeah. I feel like it's not something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I th- that might be the move, honestly. And then you would have read a lot of books. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> read. Twice as fast. Wait, that way, Vroon, you could, you could listen to two books at one time. One in the right, you're one in the left. Just get all that knowledge at once. <laughs> Bro. And while you're asleep, too, that's your absolute like time. It's too, too efficient, wow. too efficient. Harsha, what were your goals last week? I know you did the book, but like, what else was popping? I forgot. Oh, so last week I mentioned that my work week this week was going to be super duper duper super cock. And <laughs> oh yes, the I last three days I worked. The, the last three days I worked an extra hour or two, but I was able to finish what I wanted to get done this week. So that's good. So I'll be chilling for the next week heading into Thanksgiving break and everything so I'm pretty happy about that good stuff man oh maybe we Thank should you. say well, like when this comes out it'll, it'll be Thanksgiving weekend essentially so happy Thanksgiving everybody oh yes. shit yeah we're thankful <laughs> we butchered that yeah we are we are very no it'll be it'll you. already be passed it'll already be passed okay a little bit passed but that's okay we can still be thankful for our yeah. listeners I mean it'll be like five days later but that's okay you know what Shalom. Uh, so what are your goals for next week? <laughs> so I mentioned that I was getting a $25 gift card to help someone out. Uh, so I'm going to do some thinking and figure out where I wanted that money to go. Uh, still don't know yet. And other than that, Thanksgiving Day is my, my dad's birthday. So um, I want to help out in the house somewhere, maybe in the kitchen, maybe not, but at least something. <laughs> What's your dad's area of expertise in the house? Mm, stuff outside. Yes. Man, cleaning. You can rake the leaves outside. 
No, we did that last week. The ocean. So your, yeah, so your gift else. to him is your gift to him is just going to be working on the house. Yeah, my love language is act of service. Wait, how big? How big is your <laughs> is backyard? Actually? Uh, nah, I don't know. Uh, Turin, I don't know. I just made that up. And uh, <laughs> the backyard is not that big, but we had to do the front. There's we have a tree, two trees there, so there's there were just hella leaves. True. Yeah. Go got two trees, month. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I try to think if it's two or one big one, but I think it's two. I will, I Wait, how long you have you lived week. in this house? There's definitely one. Seven I mean, or You should you should okay. tell everyone your address so they can go find out for themselves. <laughs> no. Yeah, we no, might need a second opinion. We might need a second opinion on this, guys. Uh, if anyone can go visit. <laughs> yeah, do a drive by at Harsh's house. Wait, what? No, just oh, a drive by. Okay. Oh. No, it's definitely two because one tree is on the side of my house and. Dirt, the other tree's on the, the side. other side. <laughs> no, one of them's at the front. But the one at the side, when it's windy, the branches just hit my window so loudly. So I just wake up in the night. No way! I don't believe that. Or I haven't fallen asleep yet. That's why. I Do you ever wake oh, up in okay. the day? Yeah, like twelve one. That's a day, right? Yeah. Moving on from this shit. Uh, I don't know what my goal next week is. I really should prepare more coming into this episode, um, but I do want to get more social, which apparently, like I said, should happen tomorrow. Uh, I do want to get back into my my music a bit more because I definitely, after I worked so hard on that, I was like, holy shit, this is such a big pain in the ass. Like I worked a couple of days after that on some stuff, but I was like, holy shit, I'm kind of over this. So I took a break from it. So hopefully getting back into that is... Uh, is on in, on the cards, you know, if you will. But uh, but yeah, uh, that'll wrap it up for this episode. Varun, is there anything you wanna, you know, let people know about, like where we can catch Red Room Records and everything? Follow Red Room Seven O Three on Instagram, um, and stay up to date with what we're doing. Um, you know, we I appreciate you guys having me and we having this discussion. It was fun. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. We we need support of everyone. So. Mm-hmm. follow us and keep up to date support the music support your local artists yeah we got a yeah, big we'll, nova uh, crowd so i'm sure we can spread yeah. the word for you definitely <laughs> awesome all right guys all right, all right. appreciate Thanks, it see you. All right. See, you. see you thank you, thank you.